0: Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV. And tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for Fresh Hope. Good to see everybody. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3. and We're going to be looking at verses 13 through 19. Uh, As you turn to Ephesians 3, we're passing out uh, the prayer station cards. Make sure you get one before you leave. Uh, It has some information on here where we're calling the church to prayer in the month of October And we're really really believing that God is going to meet us in a special way uh, in the month of October as we commit to prayer. Now we have uh, over 30 prayer stations, not all of them are written on this pamphlet, but we have over 30 prayer stations and we're encouraging and challenging the church to pick a prayer station in the month of October and commit to that group to pray once a week you know, Jesus kind of rebuked the disciples one time. In Matthew 26, he says, couldn't you watch or pray with me even one hour? So I want to encourage you. Let's meet God. Now, we're encouraging each of the campuses, if you're available during their midweek service to attend the midweek prayer. So for Paramount, it's Thursday night. Every Thursday is our midweek service. We're turning that into a prayer station. I'm encouraging those that go to Paramount Campus to prioritize Thursday in the month of of October, and we're going to come in the sanctuary, and we're going to pray, and we're going to worship from 715 to about 815-ish, and uh, we're going to just believe God to meet us in a special way. Also, uh, on October 13th, which is a Friday night, I'm hosting a special prayer with Pastor Brian from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. We're going to pray uh, for two hours right here in the sanctuary. So it has that information on here. Uh, if you're available, I encourage you to come out. We also have a fasting plan, a couple options. These are just basic options. If you want to fast on Mondays, a uh, breakfast or Wednesdays, uh, breakfast and lunch, that's uh, encourage if you want to learn a little bit more about fasting go on our YouTube page uh, I teach a couple lessons on the basics of fasting you're encouraged to participate uh, as we fast together we have prayer focuses on this card and then on the bottom we have a prayer guide that kind of helps you to pray and it's based on acts a c t s the a stands for adoration the c stands for confession T stands for Thanksgiving. The S stands for supplication. If you pray for seven minutes on each one of these letters, that's one, two, three, four, twenty-one minutes right there, prayer time. So. This is a basic guide to help us to pray. We believe that if you can beat the devil in the area of prayer, you could beat him in any area. So make sure you get a prayer station before you leave. It does not start this week. It starts the following week. We also have our revival days on this, uh, October 27th and 28th. We're taking revival on the road. We're starting here in Paramount that Friday night. We have Pastor Troy from Secret House, uh, Secret Place Church powerful minister that emphasizes prayer. Uh, he's going to be ministering to us on that Friday night. And then on that Saturday, we're renting a large church in the city of Whittier. Uh, and we have as a guest speaker, Apostle Jason Wells out of Lake Elsinore, who kind of focuses on deliverance. So both of those two nights, we're going to have time for deliverance and prayer. We're going to believe that people not only get saved, but they get delivered and filled freshly with the power of the Holy Ghost. Can we believe that together? So start praying because God works through the level of our prayer. Now, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, we turn, again, our attention to this a powerful anointed prayer of Apostle Paul. And here Apostle Paul teaches us what's vital, what's, what's important uh, in rough times. He He teaches us here some vital truths to help us to experience God during rough times. So let's read. I'm going to read verses 13 through 19 here. The word of the Lord. He says, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. Notice that he kneels. I want to really emphasize that. Now, we understand That what's more important in your prayer is the posture of your heart. Everybody get that? We understand that what's vital, important in your prayer is the posture of your heart. But I will say this your body speaks. Your body speaks. Have anybody heard of body language? Your body speaks. The way you engage in the sermon, it speaks. The way you reverence God's word through your body, it speaks. Your body speaks. Your body shares. It exposes uh, uh, how much uh, I would say that that you're really engaging or not engaging. And in prayer, I really believe there is something that happens when we get on our knees. There's something that happens. It, it just it helps to set the atmosphere to really meet God. Someone shout, Amen. Look at verse 16. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. Someone say power. Power. Through his spirit. How many know that power comes through the spirit of God? Like the power that we have does not come from our own strength. The power that we have does not come from our intellect. The power that we have does not come from our money or our status in society. But the power that every born-again believer has available for them comes through the Holy Ghost. How many know that we need the Holy Ghost? And I would, I would even say that some of us need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. We need to get baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost, the presence of the Holy Ghost. That's where our power is at. That's where our drive comes from. I thank God that at the age of 17 or 18 years old, uh, one day uh, in, a, in a church service, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I thank God that one day he poured out his spirit upon my soul, and I've been running ever since, the age of 18 years old. And people ask me how you do it. I can't explain it how you do it. All I can do is point to you to the power of the Holy Ghost, that we need the Holy Ghost in our day now more than ever. Someone shout amen. Uh, Even though we're a new church, 11 years old, uh, we still believe uh, in the old school gospel. We still believe in the old school gospel that believes that we need to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Someone shout amen. So Paul prays, he says, that they may may, uh, have power through his spirit in your inner being. Someone say inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. I love that phrase. Uh, He doesn't say, you know, I just want you to acknowledge God's love. He says, I want you to be rooted and established in love. Very powerful. Why? Because the power of God flows through the love of God. The power of God flows through the love of God. Look at verse 18. He says, may have power. Someone say power. Together. Someone shout together. I like that word because often God gives us what we need as we join together with the body of Christ. Often in the Bible, you will see that God does a unique kind of expression of his power and, and, and gives us things as we come together. Remember the day of Pentecost? The Bible says when they were together in one accord, the Holy Spirit fell down. So he says, I pray that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long... And high and deep the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled. Someone say filled. Filled Filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Let's pray over God's word together. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We gather around your altar to eat. We open up our heart. We open up our mind. Father, feed us revelation knowledge today. Lord, feed us your word. Lord, feed us joy. Feed us peace, Father God. Lord, don't allow us to leave as we came in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says, amen. Amen. My brothers and sisters, as we approach this text this morning, it's fascinating to consider the context of what's going on in the lives of these Christians Uh, The Christians at Ephesus were going through some heavy trials during this time. Uh, They were going through some heavy hardships. They were uh, going through some rough circumstances. And Paul's aim at this moment when he writes this prayer is to encourage the believers that are going through some rough patches in life. Now, I want to remind us that the trials and the circumstances of the early church is far different than our trials today. When you think about the trials and the persecution of the early church, you think of people being fed to lions. You think of people being burned at the stake. You think of homes being raided by the Roman Empire and dragged out and their heads being cut off for the Lord. When you think of trials and temptations today, you think of people being offended because maybe someone didn't hug them or someone didn't give them a a, a smile or maybe their their boss was too hard at them uh, at work. But the trials and temptations of the first century church and the 21st century church are way different. Would you agree with that? And so Paul writes at this moment to encourage them not to give up. In fact, verse 13 described the weight upon their lives. Uh, In verse 13, the King James Version says, wherefore I desire that ye faint not. The old King James uses that word faint It describes the pressure that they're under. I don't know if you ever fainted, uh, but if you ever fainted before, it is because so much stress has come upon your life. It's kind of shut down your body and you fall over. Hello, somebody. And so their, 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 their outward situation was so terrible. It was so bad that it had the potential to cause them to faint. It had the potential to cause them to give up and to throw in the towel. And so Paul kind of scribbles down this, uh, this, this prayer to teach us valuable lessons on what's important during rough days. What's important? What's really important when we're going through trials? What's really important when our outward life is falling apart, our outward situations are falling apart? Paul teaches us through this prayer what's really important. And I want to highlight a couple things that Paul prioritizes in his prayer. Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? The first thing that I would note is that Apostle Paul prioritizes the inner life over the outer life. This is the first thing that I want us to notice, that Apostle Paul prioritizes the inner life over the outer life. Remember, I brought this verse up to you many times, but I'm going to bring it back again in verse 16. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, in your inner being. So notice Uh, What's fascinating, my brothers and sisters, uh, about this prayer is that the believers at this time are going through some crazy trials. They're going through some crazy situation in their life. The, The outer situation of their life is falling apart. Yet, Paul makes no reference of their outer circumstances in the whole prayer. What's fascinating about this, my brothers and sisters, is even though their situation is terrible, Paul makes no reference of their outward condition. I want you to note that. I want you to note that in your mind, that these people are crushed by heavy circumstances. These these people are slumped over with heavy burdens, and Paul makes no reference of their external circumstances. He doesn't even say, Lord, protect them. He doesn't even say, Lord, remove the obstacle from their life. He doesn't even say, Lord, help them out in their outward situation. Or, Lord, release me so that I can go and be an encouragement to them. No, he makes no reference to their outward condition. Now, with my, with my natural thinking, and I would dare say yours too, that if I'm going through something at work, and I ask you to pray for me, I better hear something that relates to my work. Would anybody agree with that? Like in our natural thinking, right, if if I'm struggling with my teacher at school and I ask you to pray for me, in my natural thinking, I better hear you mention my teacher. I I better at least hear you mention my classroom. I I better at least hear you mention the school setting. If If I'm going through something with my spouse and I ask you to pray for me in my natural thinking, I better hear you mention my spouse. Like I, I, In my natural thinking, I, I would expect for you to pray about my outer condition, my outward condition. But hear me today, my brothers and sisters. Apostle Paul bypasses all the secondary issues and he goes to the heart of the matter. He goes to the heart of the matter. This is the most important thing you ought to target when you pray. That's what he's teaching us. Doesn't even mention the outward situation. This is what you need to be praying. This is what you, be, you ought to be targeting. And he prays, Lord, strengthen them with power through your spirit in your inner being. Someone shout inner being. Now what does this teach us? What is he teaching us? Paul is proving the absolute priority of the inner life over the outer life. He's proving the absolute priority of the inner life over the outer life. Let's be honest. Let's talk like family for a moment that we get so hung up on our outer life. We get so hung up on trying to fix and regulate our outer life. Don't we? We waste so much time trying to fix and to regulate our outer life. And we say or at least express if I can just get a job, I'll be okay. If I could just be a, get a job, I'll be okay. If I, if I, if I could just find a husband, I, I, I'll be okay. If, if I could just find the right girl, I'll stop lusting. You know how many times I've heard that? If I could just find the right girl and get married to the right girl, then it's gonna cure my, my lusting problem. No, it's not. No, it's not. If you never deal with the heart issue of your life, you're going to get married. And two months later, you're going to start lusting again. Paul teaches us the utter priority of the inner life over the outer circumstances. These people were crushed by the outward circumstances. And he makes no mention of these secondary issues. See? See? If in your inner life you have power, you have strength, you have peace, your outer life will not take you down. If your inner life is strong and your outer life is crumbling, you could still move forward in strength and peace. The whole Bible references this truth. The whole Bible reinforces this truth. The whole Bible tries to get us to prioritize the inner life over the outer life. God is always trying to get us to look beyond what we see with our physical eyes. Remember, if all you see is what you see, then you're not seeing all there is to be seen. Remember what God said to the prophet Samuel. He told him in 1 Samuel 16 verse uh, 7. He says, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You see the contrast? You see the different priorities between humanity and God? See, people, they prioritize the outward, they prioritize the outward, God prioritizes the inward. You, you see the contrast, people look toward the outward, God looks toward the inward. God, uh, one time, God gave Solomon a blank check, and he told Solomon, you could ask, ask me for anything you want in this world. In 1 Kings 3, verse 9, Solomon says, give me an understanding heart. What is he doing? He's showing us the priority of the inward life over the outward life. He's prioritizing the inner life above riches and gold. So the challenge for us this morning that I'm laying before you is what are you doing about your inner life? What are you doing about your inner man or your inner woman? What are you doing about that inner person? There's nothing more important than enriching your inner person. There's nothing more important than growing your inner person person you remember what apostle peter uh uh, told us um you remember what he told us in first peter chapter one now he he wrote this specifically to women but the principle is for men and women listen to what he says he says i he says your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather. Someone say rather. rather. See, see the world operates one way. The kingdom of God always operates another way. You cannot mix the world with the kingdom of God. It does not, it does not mix well. So there's always a contrast between the world, the way the world thinks, and the way the and the way, way the way kingdom of God thinks. The way the world operates and the way the kingdom of God operates, right? The Bible says that, that God's thoughts are high above our thoughts. And that as far as the heavens are above the earth are his ways above our ways. That we serve a kingdom that goes against the grain of the world. We serve a kingdom that stands against the ways of the world. and I don't care if they try to vote in something I don't care if they try to mandate something the kingdom of God always stands on its own (laughs) listen to what he says I want to go back to the top he says your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes verse 4 rather someone say rather rather it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Who are we trying to get approval from? Really, not God. We already got the approval of God, but who we're trying to please? Hopefully, it's not the world. We're trying to please God. No, notice what he says the unfading beauty. That, that, that the, the inner man has, has this, this strength to be unfading. That, that if you prioritize your inner person, I don't care what the devil tries to fade you with. I don't care if he tries to fade you with a circumstance or fade you with a, with a messed up being fired at a job or whatever it may be. You have this unfading strength in your inner person. Your inner being is your real you. Your inner being is the seat of your mind, will, and emotions. Your your inner being is what drives you forward or keeps you bound. We learned that last week. The reason why the enemy, since we're little kids, has uh, sent so many words after our lives or images after our life. hit us with different words and images and even circumstances trying to get one deep in our inner being because he knows if we allow it into our inner being, it can mess us up for 10 years. See, if you prioritize your outer life, our inner life will be dark and scary. You remember what Paul says in 1 Timothy 4.8? I'm just going to read it. He says, for bodily exercise profit a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. And it has promised for this life and the world to come. You see the contrast? You see the contrast from the outer to the inner? He said he's teaching us you better prioritize the inner being. Do you know what it feels like to have inner strength? Do you know what it feels like to have your world falling apart and yet you can retreat to your inner life with power and peace? It's one of the most blessed experiences to have. You know what it feels like? To be in the midst of hell and high water, yet you have an inner peace that sustains you, an inner strength that sustains you. And like a ship that is in the midst of the storm, you cannot be sunk. It's one of the most blessed experiences to have. It's one of the most blessed experiences to have. That's why we're prioritizing our inner being, prioritizing our inner life. This, This Thursday... I'm going uh, into prison. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm not turning myself in. But the prison heard that we'd be playing basketball on Mondays. And they actually invited me and a couple of the brothers from church to go into prison and to play basketball against the inmates. So we're going we're gonna to plant some seeds and bang some bodies. I'm going to plant some seeds and bang some bodies. Pray for me and Jonathan sitting over there. He's going to be my bodyguard. But every time I go into prison, every time I go into prison, I'm hit with this surreal sensation. Every time I go into prison, I'm hit with this surreal realization and i and i look around in the yard the prison yard and i look around at the inmates and i look around at the correction officers and i look around you know in the buildings and i kind of smell the atmosphere because it has a unique stench to it and the the environment is unique it's like a nation within a nation and and every time i go into prison i'm hit with this sincere realization and i think to myself how in the world did i ever survive 16 years in this environment Every time, like, I can't get away from it, like, and, and and so I've been out of prison now for 15 years, so that it's creating a little distance in my mind, but for some reason, God don't never let me forget, because every once in a while, he'll send me back into prison, and the moment I step into that prison, and I look around, I say, how in the world? Did I ever get a college degree in the midst of this environment? How in the world did I ever complete several trade schools in the midst of this environment? How in the world did I come into this environment as a 16 year old frail boy with, with pimples all over his face and come out a strong, anointed young man in the Lord? How in, in how in the world did that happen? I'm telling you, it's because the Lord taught me early on to prioritize my inner life, prioritize my inner man, my inner being, that as long as my inner being was taken care of, I can be in the midst of hell and high water and still praise the Lord and still worship the Lord and still serve the Lord. It's prioritizing that inner being prioritize see that's the that's the advantage we have as believers as followers of Jesus Christ we have that advantage that we could develop an inner life that could sustain us through the storms of life we could develop that inner being that could uh, sustain us through the storms of life Proverbs 18 verse 14 says the spirit of a man will sustain him the spirit of a man not the money of a man Not the girlfriend of the man or even the boyfriend of a girl, right? No, Not the job will sustain a man. It says the spirit of a man. The spirit of a man. You prioritize that spirit, boy, you will go through whatever the enemy tries to throw at you. The spirit of a man will sustain. We we have this advantage. The problem is that many Christians are not taking advantage of the advantage. That was the problem with the Ephesian church. They weren't drawing from What they had access to. They weren't drawing from what they had access to. They had the power of God. They had the love of God. They had the grace of God. But Paul still had to pray for them. Oh, I pray that you have the power of God. I pray that Christ dwell in you. Why is he praying for them to have something they already have? It's because they were not drawing from what they already had. They were not walking in what God already gave them. And that's why there's so many defeated Christians in this world. How in the world can you be a defeated Christian? It's because they're not drawing from what they already have. So we have this advantage. We have this advantage. The world don't have this advantage. Unbelievers don't have this advantage. I was studying the scripture this week and I found some insight by an old school preacher by the name of Martin Lloyd-Jones. Jones. He wrote this about this scripture that I think is very, very insightful, and he says this about unbelievers, but I'm convinced that it applies also to some believers. Listen to what he says. He says, the ultimate trouble with the non-Christian is that he knows nothing of the inner being. His whole life is bounded by what he is aware of. He has no inner being to retreat to in times of trouble, stress, and trial. He is dependent completely upon the circumstances of his outward life. He is completely and entirely controlled by them. He lives in one realm only. And so when he is in distress, he has to fall back on drugs and tricks to try to get him back on track. But even though our outward strength may fade away, it's our inner life that will keep us moving forward. The strength of your inner life. That's what Apostle Paul taught. He taught about the strength of our inner life even when he was old when apostle paul was old and his body was failing because he went through trials and temptation and and he went through a headache and heartache even when he was old he said in second corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 listen to what he says he says therefore do not lose heart because even though our outward man is perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day." By day. You see the contrast? The contrast. Yes, you may go through something hard, but if your inner person is strong, you can persevere. You could still be productive. You could still praise the Lord. So, the question for us this morning, my brothers and sisters, is what are you doing with your inner life? How much time? Are you investing in your inner life? What do you need to be done in your inner life? Do you need God to work on the anger that may be in your heart? Do you need God to work on the peace that needs to be in your heart? Is there some things in your inner life that do not belong there that you need God to remove? Are there some things that should be in there that you need God to place deeper so that you're rooted and grounded, that you don't just have a head knowledge of it, but you're rooted and grounded in it? What do we need God to do in our inner life? Can we talk like family? If we're too busy to prioritize our inner life, then we have no right to complain to God about our outer life. If we are too busy to invest in our inner life, then my brothers and sisters, I say this with all love, that, that, that we have no right to complain to God about our outer life. Because when we come to him in prayer, all he's going to say is, what are you doing with your inner life? I gave you the prayer of Apostle Paul. I showed you what really matters. How are you investing in your inner life. And for us, my brothers and sisters, that's one of the reasons why we're launching this 30 days of prayer. That's one of the reasons why we're launching prayer stations throughout many different cities is to make it a little bit more convenient for you to meet God. I don't know why we have to do it, but we're going to do it. We're going to make it a little bit more convenient for you to meet God. So we got prayer stations. We got prayer stations in the city of Whittier. We got prayer stations in the city of San Pedro. We got prayer stations in various we even got prayer stations on zoom you don't even have to brush your teeth or comb your hair all you got to do is roll over click the button and start praying and i'm believing i'm believing that some of us through this prayer the month of october we're gonna meet god in a way that we have not met him in a long long time this is the challenge Will you invest in your inner person, in your inner being? Let's bow our heads this morning. With every head bowed and every heart bowed, as the worship team comes back up, just for a couple moments, I want us to reflect upon what God was saying to us this morning. Are we giving ample time to prioritizing our inner being What areas of our inner being do we need God to work on? What areas of our inner being do we need to give to God? Is there unforgiveness in our inner being? Is there bitterness in our inner being? Is there hatred, anger? Do you need more peace, more love, more long suffering? Let's bow our heads in our hearts. We remain in an atmosphere of prayer. I want to put up that last slide with the prayer up on the screen. Let's put that prayer up on the screen. I want to lead us again in the spiritual exercise. And I want you to repeat after me from your heart as we say this prayer. And after we say it together, I want you to just personalize it. I want you to just start praying it right where you're at. We're going to give time to just exercise our spirit through prayer. And I want us to say this out loud as if you believe it. The reason why we're doing this is that oftentimes, particularly in the Old Testament, when they would go to meet God, the leader of God's people would stand up and he would say, sanctify yourself, sanctify yourself and that sanctification would prepare them for an encounter with God. And so by saying this prayer and personalizing this prayer, it is a form of sanctification. As we go into the month of October, we're clearing out some of the things of our hearts so that we could meet God. And in the month of October, we're going to be studying the book of Psalms, which is God's prayer book, and we're going to we're going to allow God to kind of work on our soul even more and so I want to encourage you do this spiritual exercise with me repeat this prayer real loud and then when we're done I want you to just personalize it and pray through it right where you're at are you ready? say this with me Lord God unseal my heart remove the blockers hindering your word from penetrating my heart please help what I have learned about your truth, penetrate my heart. Please give me a fresh infusion of your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just pray that right where you're at, just individually personalize that prayer. Let's just ask God to remove the hindrances remove the stones in our heart let's ask god to allow the truth of his word that's in our head to penetrate our heart we let's ask for a fresh spiritual infusion right now help us lord help us lord help us lord Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. If there's anybody in the house who's going through a particular hard time and you need special prayer, I want to pray with you right where you're at. If anybody needs special prayer, just stand up on your feet right where you're at and we'll pray for you. That the Lord strengthen your inner being with might by His Holy Spirit. If you need special prayer, just stand on your feet right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who are standing up. And Father, we follow after the model of Apostle Paul that in this prayer, we're not going to mention nothing about their outward circumstances. But, Lord, as Apostle Paul did, we are going to target what really matters. And so, Lord, we pray for their inner person, their inner being. We pray that you strengthen their inner being, what might, by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray, Father God, that you give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit baptize them anew, Lord God. We pray for a fresh infusion, a fresh infusion of your Holy Ghost, a fresh infusion of your love, a fresh infusion of your power, Lord God. We pray, Lord, clear out our hearts, and I also ask for us all, Lord, give us a desire to pray during the month of October. Lord, help us to prioritize what's important to you. Help us to clear our calendars. Help us to press through the distractions. Help us to pray, Lord God. Help us to pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone says... Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. Did you learn something this morning? Anybody learn something? Praise God. I want to welcome Pastor Raymond. Give it up for Pastor Raymond.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Brian. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. Man, that was a good word. Amen. At this time, we're going to transition our tithes and offerings portion of the service, and we're going to prepare to give uh, offering unto the Lord. So I just want us to continue to get our hearts right as we just reflect. You know how can we bless God back since God always is blessing us? Amen. Um, I have a scripture here in Leviticus 27:30. Uh, it says, "Every t- every tithe of the land, whether of seed of the land or of trees, is holy unto God." So. How many know that everything that we have, the breath in our lungs, uh, you know, provisions, you know, our heartbeat is a gift from God and it's a seed. And and as we prepare, I just want us to examine our hearts just to say, you know what? How can I give back to God? How can I bless the Lord from everything that he's blessed me? So here at Chapel of Change, we make it very easy to give. We have four ways to give on our screen, online, text, mail. And in person as we're about to do with the ushers um, coming up forward. I like to call the ushers up as well. Also, we have scan to give where you can use your phone. You can scan online if you want on the screen or there's a poster in the back if you want to give by phone as well. Also, we have, if you want to give by debit card, we have somebody in the back that will facilitate that for you at the end of the service. We have some announcements coming up. Uh, today, we have baptisms, Amen. Today, we're gonna experience baptism at our 1230 service. Baptism, we're gonna be having a baptism class with Pastor Vaughn, raise your hand. He's gonna be leading anybody that wants to join in. It's not too late, Uh, join him after the service. He'll lead you through that class to prepare you for baptism. And I encourage everyone to stick around, to to witness it, to support it, and be a part of it. If you're available, come out to our 1230 service and just uh, cheer on what God is doing in our brothers and sisters' lives also we have our prayer stations like pastor brian's been mentioning in the month of october i encourage each and every one of us you know individually and corporately to lean in to this prayer movement in the uh, month of october and i believe that god will answer our prayers and bless us as a body say this thursday this thursday we're gonna be having our young adult leaders tag team preach amen tag team Preach. uh two of our young adult leaders uh, are on the back on the screen uh brother joshua and brother bj you know i'm excited you know if you guys haven't came out to a thursday night i encourage god is doing something special on our thursday night he's moving people are getting set free so man i can't wait for this Thursday. i'm excited amen uh also um we're we're gonna we're gonna have our uh, you know midweek our midweek uh service um we we have uh just uh child care available you know bring your children out i had a there's one of our sisters came today with with their children to our meeting right so here at chapel of change we encourage just don't let the children stop you don't let the children stop you from engaging into the ministry you know people have kids you know and all that so Bring your kids we have a special place we don't just have a babysitting place but we have a a place where the kids will learn about jesus amen let us pray heavenly father lord i thank you god for the ability to give god and i thank you lord that we are able just to respond to you as you give to us god may this offering be pleasing to you lord may you bless your people lord as a soul into your work into your kingdom for your honor and for your glory in the name of jesus and all god's people said amen Amen. ushers you are released
0: to our feet. I want to invite the leaders to come to the altar. If you need extra prayer after we dismiss, you're welcome to come to the altar and one of our leaders will pray for you. But it's our tradition to close out with a blessing from the Lord. Never leave the sanctuary until you receive your blessing from God. And so we teach our church, if you lift up your hands unto the Lord, we'll pronounce a blessing over your life. In the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love, In the name of the Son who died that you could live, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who fills you with revelation knowledge, may you go this week with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Hope to see you Thursday night. Go in peace.